Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 153 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So today we're going to be talking about how to make your midlife your best life. And yes, I happen to be in that midlife demographic. So we're going to have a nice conversation about that. We're going to talk about your personalities. We're going to talk about life in general. We're going to make you laugh. We might shock you a little. We're going to motivate you. We're going to inspire you. And I'll hang out for the entire hour if you can. If you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're on Facebook, please like and share because we're going to be dropping great knowledge. So don't keep it to yourself. Share the love. And if you're brand new and you have no clue who the hell I am, this is me. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, so before I bring on my guests and we dive into today's topic, i got to give you your teachable moment of the day. And that moment today is going to be, I need for you to define yourself. Okay, stop letting society define you. Stop letting your friends define you. Stop letting your family define you. Stop letting your spouse define you. You have to know who you are. You have to know what mark you want to leave on this world. You have to know what you want your legacy to become. And that's not up to anyone else. That's up to you. Because one thing I'm finding out in helping people create their stories a lot of people are attached to a job. They're attached to a person. And there's they don't have any attachment with themselves. And that's one of the biggest things that I'm seeing coming out of helping people craft their stories is that they're really discovering 
that they have a lot of hidden power that they never knew that they had. And that's because we're latching on to societal norms and what other people want us to be and how they want us to think, feel, and react. But that's not the way, that's not the way, way to live. You have to be your authentic self. So that's what I want to leave you with, with today's teachable moment is work on defining yourself. And if you need help with that, reach out because that's kind of what I do. All right. So now diving into our main topic, who is my guest? She is an abstract artist. She's a best-selling author. Or that author? You catch that? See, this is why people edit, right? Because they get that right out. Best-selling author, a color code trainer, which we'll dive into that one, and a speaker with a passion for understanding our creative potential and motivations. Her art has been featured in numerous gallery shows and on the set of Orange is the New Black. That's awesome. Before she left to pursue other artistic pursuits, she spent 23 years as an assistant professor of theater and playwright before she went off to do her own thing. And now she is a guest on Shut Up and Grind. Welcome, Susan. Oh, wait, I gotta say, and she understands the value of the middle initial. So bring on Susan D. Sharp. <laughs> well, the middle initial's where it's at. It has to be, because I, I read on your, your website why you do it. St. Lady Robert Foster is a very common name. I think it, I'm in Rhode Island. In Providence alone, there's 26 Robert Fosters. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I can't believe how many Susan Sharps are artists. So yeah. it had I had to have the initial. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. See, you got to carve your stamp. <laughs> That's awesome. So where are you joining us from? I'm in central Illinois. Central Illinois? Yeah, okay. so I'm about an hour from the Iowa border. Um, about an hour from Peoria, which a lot of people know where Peoria is at. So, yes. All right. So I saw on your site that you were born and raised in Iowa. I was, uh, very much rural area right next to my grandfather's farm. Uh, had a, had a Creek and sort of a, a mini forest on the other side. So <laughs> rural, rural Iowa was, was home. Okay. And, uh, what, what part of Iowa is that on? Like it's, East, West? um, yeah, it's in eastern Iowa. It's right on the Mississippi River. Okay. There's so a you, there's a bump. There's a bump on that curves out in Iowa towards the east, and I'm on the bump. <laughs> <laughs> like on the border there, where it's all like kind of jagged. Yep. That okay. <laughs> I got it. All right. So, what was it like growing up there? Well, it was. I think the foundation of my creativity. Really, I look back and. You know, we, I remember we had three black and white channels. Um, so TV wasn't a, a huge deal and it forced us to be outside. It forced us to be creative and to make something out of nothing. I remember clearly uh, having mom's old aluminum pie tins and getting the really fine, silty, um, uh, clay from the bottom of the creek and making mud pies on dad's ladder like they were a <laughs> makeshift oven baking them in the sun and and we created our own play because there wasn't other than board games um, we didn't have video games we didn't TV wasn't big pre pre-technology I'm dating myself but um, it uh, it it was a great playground great training ground for creativity yeah, I think a, a, a lot of people with, with rural upbringings tend to have that because I also grew up in the woods. Okay. And, you know, like we had we had pigs, we had chickens, we had a bunch, 
bunch of well, we had one cat. We took in a stray cat, and then they had a litter of like like eight. I want to say <laughs> so. So we had cats sure. everywhere. We had dogs. You know, just uh, maybe like acre and a half of land. I want to say, and then same thing. Uh, you know, because I'm in that I'm in that same age bracket. So we were constantly just making up games, and we were always outside. Like we we never wanted to be inside. Because, again, I think we got an Atari at some point and a Commodore 64 computer. But you really couldn't do much on it. Remember when the discs used to be, like, this big? Yeah. <laughs> to go yeah. in. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So let's get to know more about, about you. So how would you how would you describe yourself if I say who is Susan? I would humbly say that I'm a creative genius. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I, I dabble in so, oh, I don't dabble. I'm, I'm serious about uh, many different creative pursuits. And uh, more importantly, I think I do them all because I see how they play off of each other, how um, work in one field sort of strengthens my work in another field. I think my, um, my start in theater influenced my art because I tend to think big. So I, I like to create large art because I sort of think in terms of the 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 uh, width, breadth, length of a stage. So in my mind, I'm designing for larger spaces. Um, and my work in theater influenced my, my voiceover work and my work in theater influenced my playwriting. And, and so I, I think it's all sort of interwoven, but um, I, I think that's who I am at my, in my essence. Okay, and what did you see yourself doing as a career when you were a child? That's a phenomenal question, and I think it goes to our age group, which is I think we got told in our age bracket, you can do anything you want to do. And I believe that to a certain extent, but I believe what maybe the step that's missed is that you really need to take an inventory. God gave us particular gifts, and I can't be everything I, I have to choose, but I think our age group, we went through those, you know, we probably sat at a very early computer in college going through and not even a real computer, but more of a database. And we did our career inventories and it spit out the five jobs you're probably best at. And we took one of them because we weren't, we were told you could be anything, but we still had this framework of anything that society has already identified and created. We weren't really given the message, create your own path, trailblazer, entrepreneurship. That was not a message, at least, that I got. Yeah. And so I went through the probably the first, you know, I went through college and grad school, undoubtedly, still thinking I need to fit within a particular career that's already out there. Even though in my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't out there yet. Um, and uh, so I think to, the answer to your question is, that um, early on, I thought I wanted to be a high school music teacher because that's a very safe, tangible, relatable box, right? Oh, yeah. we, we can figure out the salary. We can figure out what that life is going to look like. And so I think that's the, the path I pressed on. But soon I found out that well, all the music majors were very stressed and all the theater kids were having a great time. So switched my major to theater. Uh, could still do music because musicals existed. Um, but even there, I knew that wasn't the lane. It was just the lane that I chose at the moment. Now my career in theater served me very well. 
but your your question sort of gets to that idea of what did we think we wanted to be and where did we end up? And, you know, we often find that they're vastly different than that original idea. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like, I'm finding in my travels that they're a little more aligned than people think. And I think as we get further into our com conversation, maybe like 40 minutes from now, we'll be able to connect the two because I do it almost every single show. Because uh, <laughs> I've, I've gotten good at asking the, asking the right questions yeah. you know, to, to piece it together. And with my opening speech, I tailored that, that um, how do they call it, my uh, teachable moment of the day. Like I tailored that based on what we were going to be talking about, you know, because you, you said it, like you, you hit the nail on the head. So we're told in school, you know, to prepare for jobs that are already out there because people are needed in the workforce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you have everybody trailblazing their own path, then the workforce is going to suffer, which that's a God awful reasoning, yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I was gonna be speaking. This is right, right before COVID. I was gonna be speaking. Well, I was in talks to speak at a career and te technical school here in Rhode Island. And so, as we're talking back and forth, I told her, you know, I'll be talking about X, Y, Z, and I'll, and I'll teach kids how they can make money with their smartphones. And she's like, Oh, we don't, we don't want to cover cover that. She's like, You know, our goal is to prepare them for further education and then eventually join the workforce. I said, I get that but they should know that there's another option like like this doesn't have to stop what they're doing this can enhance what they're doing you know like if someone wants to be a mechanic they can start a youtube channel with how-to videos as well and now they have two streams of income like what is wrong with telling that to with the kids and she was help hell bent that she's like no we don't want that message so i didn't take the speaking job i was like because i can't like I can't align with that way of thinking. It's like these kids should know that there's another option, you know. So everybody suffers with that. Yeah, it's I I do think it's a dangerous message. I I think maybe <laughs> teaching teaching kids that they can do anything they want is also dangerous without you know yeah. really taking stock of how you're gifted. And I think that skeptic, that step of really, you know, as a spiritual person, I, I see everything from God um, as from God. And so I feel like, you know, he's gifted each of us with very specific gifts. And I think it's sort of criminal that we don't, that we don't, that that's not a part of the, the conversation somewhere in youth that yeah, you could do everything, but what are you really good at? And yes. and further the idea of of that emotional intelligence kind of aspect um, of of upbringing to, to to teach kids critical thinking, to be able to to analyze well what are they good at and and how do we determine what we're good at? Well, what do we like to do? What do, what do you get praise at? Those sorts of things. I I think that's unfortunate. That's that's not more of the part of the conversation for youth. Exactly, exactly. And when when I get back into the, the speaking swing of things, I cover that stuff in my in my talks because okay. I know I know it's missing. Like I was at a speaking speaking one. This is again tail end of 2019, and we're in we're in this cafeteria with the behavioral kids, and I'm listening to the other speakers. I'm watching the kids, watching how they're taking in info, and fortunately I spoke last, so I got to watch everyone else. 
And so it's my turn. And I say to the director, I was like, can I take this in a different direction? And she's like, yeah, but by all means. And I brought all the kids into one table because they were kind of spread out. And I did it in, in a motivational fashion, but I lashed them. <laughs> and I was like, I completely gave them a dose of what they needed to hear. Yeah. And then e- even the other speakers like, wow. You know, I was like, that's what they need. Like, they don't need the sugar-coated stuff that you guys are giving them. It was like, they, they have to know that, th- that they're here for a reason. You know, like, we are here for a reason pouring into them. And we have to help them receive that message. I was like, yeah. when everybody else was, was talking, they were talking amongst themselves. They were not paying attention. Some of them were on their phones. And I was like, uh-uh, everybody in here, we got to focus on something here. And then I just went, went, went to town. It's like, that's what's missing with these kids nowadays. Yeah, I saw the same thing in higher education. Um, and it, it became a lot about um, needing to do a different paradigm with, uh, and, and truthfully, there were times that I, I, I failed to reach uh, millennials. I just failed. I, I needed to adapt my own thinking and, and, and uh, meet them where they were at instead of my model of what, of yeah. what you know. Because really, I think a lot of times we teach from the standpoint of what we need. Yeah, and uh, that, that that it doesn't work with millennials too much. Mm. No, I yeah, I agree with that. I mean, people people teach how how they're taught. It's like people who who were raised by abusive parents turn out to be an abusive parent. Like that, just kind of how, how that is. Like I was raised by a marine who had who had some PTSD from Vietnam, so he yeah. was he was firm. He was firm and. And I'm I'm old school. I mean, I'm getting older now, so I'm softening a little little bit. But like, you know, in my late late twenties and into, into my thirties, like I had that same strict. You don't talk back to me. You know, you don't. It's like no no C's are not acceptable. It's like you don't have to get straight A's by. I'm not accepting a C, and and that's just the the expectation that is set. But just now, with everything is like about feelings and emotions now i'm not saying that's a bad thing but at the same token you know we gotta teach these kids how to cope as well <laughs> you know so 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 now you get everything laid out but then you hit some adversity and they don't know how to handle it yeah it's 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 a much different world i'm not sure i'd want to be a young person growing up yeah. today um i think we, you and i had benefits of maybe clearer boundaries or clearer expectations and frankly, less options. And I don't think less options is necessarily bad. Yeah. Uh, I think being overwhelmed with the enormity of options is actually sort of paralyzing and fearful for some young people. Well, and with social media and so easily you can be up in everybody's business. Like I, oh, yeah. I, was, I was walking with my daughter the other day and I told her, I was, I was like, uh, she picked up her phone and she was like, oh, so-and-so hasn't responded back to me yet. I texted them nine minutes ago. And I was and I was like, we used to have to run to the phone, <laughs> right? When it rang, it was on the wall. We used to have to run to it. And if we didn't catch it in time, we didn't even know who called us. And and then so the phone would ring later and we go, hey, did you call me about an hour ago? No. And we still had no idea who it was. Or you would leave a voicemail and then you'd have to wait all day to get a call back. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that's just was- not not the case anymore. Yeah, there was no Star Sixty Nine. Nope. Uh, and, and growing up, we had we had a party line 
till I was probably in high school. We had a party line with the neighbor next door. So uh, the kids don't even know what that is. I, I'm really dating myself. Within two weeks, he got an internship on, on campus. Whereas he was saying before, he's like, I got all these things out. I'm talking to people. I'm going on interviews. And we just switched the way he spoke about himself. And that's why I named the program Speak About Yourself Out Loud. I mean, completely took his, like, I didn't give him anything new. I just took what he gave me and expanded it rather than saying, yes, I used to work as a freelance writer. It's like, that's just so, it's so boring. It's vague. And I was like, what about writing lights your soul on fire? Like, what do you want your audience to get when they read your articles? And, and we just went down that, that rabbit hole. And then we came out of it with just an amazing resume. And then I helped him practice his interviewing and by by the end of it, you know, took a, took a few sessions, but by the end of it, he was able to, he was sitting up nice and tall. He was, he was articulate, you know, his face brightened up because you could tell he was talking with passion. And so, like, I know I'm definitely onto something here with this program. So if you want to get involved, you know, re reach out to me. We'll get on the phone. We'll talk for about 15 minutes. You can give me one of your stories and I'll show you with that one story in only 15 minutes how we can transform that into something completely powerful. There's no charge for that. Then after that, if you want to move, move on, I have three three different tiers. We can talk about that. But I'm telling you, this program, I am on to something. So speak about yourself out loud. Get it now before this thing blows up because it's going to go. There's a huge need for this. There's a huge market for this. And I mean, it's like I'm working with people who are speakers already, people who have radio shows already. And we're still taking it to another level. All right. So I want to leave you with that. Thank you very much for tuning in and have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years.